What is this scorecard in your pest or lawn business? The scorecard is building valuation. Whether you want to sell it or not, that's how you tell whether you're winning. This is the PMP Industry Insider Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the PMP Industry Insider Podcast, where we take a look at what is changing in the pest and lawn control industries. I am really messing this up this morning. There you go. Yeah, you are. Yeah. What, did you start drinking? I know. uh, (laughs) It is a a start of a new year. A little hangover from the new year? Yeah. Yeah. That's your new year's (laughs) resolution to start drinking? That's right. (laughs) As always, I'm Donnie Shelton, owner of Triangle Home Services, which has Triangle Pest as well as Triangle Lawn. And with me is the ever, let's just say someone who can point out when I, which I, I guess I'm guilty of this as well, but Mr. Dan Gordon. Dan, would you like to say good morning? Let's point Good morning. Out I am I did a pointer out of the obvious. Yeah. So, yes, and uh, I will. I will return the favor. So <laughs> yes, Dan Gordon, PCO bookkeepers, PCO M and A specialists. Uh, we do CFO work, uh, accounting work, tax work, exit planning services for the pest and lawn industry. And uh, in case you haven't heard, and this is starting to grow. Oh, we've put several groups together. Uh, in case you haven't heard, we have partnered with David Billingsley, an industry veteran. He is, uh, we're, we're doing peer groups and, um, I think we got about 30 or 40 people now, uh, just by, you know, talking it up on the uh, podcast and it's actually, uh, going very well. So, uh, if you're interested, go listen to, uh, episode 136 or visit pmpindustryinsider.com backslash peer groups got through that one. The next one is at this episode is sponsored by Coal March by Workwave. And for those interested in purchasing pest control specific insurance, it's PestSure. Visit them at PestSure.com. And uh, today, Happy New Year. We're going to be talking about something that that, uh, has been getting a lot of play and uh, we've been seeing it become more and more prevalent. And that is this roll-up that's going on in the home services industry. Obviously, you know, if you own a pest or lawn company, you know that private equity is knocking on your door and trying to, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, get involved with either buying or partnering with your company. But it's not just pest and lawn care. It's HVAC. It's plumbing. It's uh, uh, all kinds of different home services, mosquitoes, uh, uh, things like that. And uh so um, unless you've been living under a rock, uh, you uh, definitely uh, have seen this happening. And I just wanted to kind of address it because, you know, we at PCO Bookkeepers, we're doing a bunch of work, accounting work for private equity firms that are doing these roll-ups, that, that are doing the HVACs and whatnot. Um, we're working on several deals that are outside of the pest control industry, uh, but within home services. And it's a very, very broad, and um, uh, it's a huge category. There's hundreds of thousands of companies that, you know, are are part of this industry. And so today we'll talk about that, and uh, I'll let you uh, add your two cents here. Well, you know, I, I'm excited to talk about this topic because um, there have been friends of mine who have gone this option. It is, it has absolutely, in my mind. Um, increased multiples, you know, oh, in yeah. terms of making multiples go up. And the other thing is, is that it's it's almost like the Wild West, right? It's new. Like, look, 
I get emails and I'm sure most of our listeners do each week of some private equity group, you know, blah, blah, we really want to have a discussion with you, yada, yada, yada. And it's hard to know. First of all, I'm not, in a, I'm not in a place right now that I'm ready to do something like this. I wish I was because it's a fantastic time <laughs> if you were there. Um, but, you know, a lot of these, it's like, it's almost like, you know, jump on the bandwagon, like, okay, well, how many of these folks are really serious? And of the ones that are serious, how many know what they're really doing? And, and what's that really going to look like on the backside once, if, if we end up doing a deal? Because obviously, Dan, you know better probably than anyone, anytime you go about doing some sort of deal, it's a massive, I mean, massive undertaking to actually get it over the line, right? To get all the data, get all the, get through all the due diligence. And so it's almost like, I really want to spend time. Are these people even serious? Like, I don't even want to go down this road if they're not. But the fact is, is I've had some friends with some pretty large companies who have successfully, successfully done this. And the reason they've done it is because, I mean, the valuations are just way higher than what they would typically get on an open market, you know? Um, yeah. So I, I think it's a, I think it's a great topic. And I think probably a good way to start this off is to really get into why is this happening, right? Why is it that, 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 you know, private equity is getting into these home services, home services market. And is it short lived? I mean, you think about, and, and we're both probably going to date ourselves here, but you think about the whole Sears expansion or the waste management expansion into past control and none of those stuck. But I think this is different. I think private equity is very different. Well, it, it, it's interesting. I, I think that in past control, you had, you know, the, the, Renekills, the Antisemixes, the Rollins, and when Terminex was independent, you had those guys, these strategics driving up the values, and they got these, these, uh, you know, really high valuations, right? And then um, at the same time, HVAC was going through their, uh, uh, you know, the, their um, M&A phase, and those valuations were coming up. What was interesting was that lawn care was lagging. Lawn care... You know, the only one who was doing deals were True Green and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, um, you know, uh, but now what we're seeing over the past year and a half, two years, lawn care valuations have doubled or more. We're seeing that. And a lot of it is because of this private equity, right? Because True Green was really the only buyer and they were very conservative in their approach. But hey, hang these, on, I, I got to pause you here real quick. Go because ahead. This, this is... If anyone knows me, spent some time with me. I am certainly eating crow on this, on this, on this point because I have been such a lawn care hater for so many years, and you know this, Dan. Now, by the way, by full transparency, I have a lawn care company now, um, and and here is some things that I have learned because I'm a pest control guy who has who is now doing lawn. Number one was that. Um, Everyone that I talked to told me not to get into lawn. I told myself not to get into lawn, uh, and we ended up doing it anyway. And and you know, in general, if you're listening to this podcast and and you're doing pest and you're not doing lawn, you seriously need to think about it. I will tell you, it's a pita and p i t a, and you can figure out what that means. Um, but I heard about that uh, the other day for the first time. Believe it or not, that would be uh, a pain in the ass. Yes, 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 it is. it is to get going. But the fact is, is that where the multiples are going for that service, right. it is well worth your time now. You know, yep. when I when I introduced Lawn into Triangle, we did it as a growth engine. 
know, we did it because we're like, Hey, we're, we can't grow pests as fast. Lawn care, I'm telling you, is so easy to grow, at least initially, you know, to get it up to a million to 2 million. And I don't want to oversell this and overplay the hand here, but compared to pest, it's a, it's, it's almost like it's a demand, you know, pest is very demand driven, right? It's hard to get people to just randomly want to buy pest control. Lawn care is a completely different animal, right? You can, you can drive those sales because everyone has a lawn and they want to do it. So, so my point here is, as we're talking about this and, and, and you're right, this, this change in the lawn market has been, it just warms my heart is all I can say. <laughs> it makes well, me feel good if, about what we you, did. You know? Yeah. If you look at the PL of a lawn care company and you look at the PL of a pest company, gross margins are pretty much the same and net margins are the same. Now, yep. there is a, uh, the marketing in lawn care is much more aggressive in terms of, well, I guess door to door. When you look at the margins, when you look at the margins of what's going on in pest and you look at the margins of what's going on in lawn, they're very much similar. The difference is, is going to be um, when you look at the cost of of employment, that's going to be different. So you look at your labor costs. The other thing that's going to be changing and you really have to pay attention to is, um, you know, in addition to your labor is really going to be your cancel rate because in lawn, traditionally speaking, you do have a much more difficult time in, in holding the accounts. They're just not as, they're just not as consistent. I mean, if you're running one and a half percent per month on the, on the pest side, you're doing great. If you run a 1.8 to two on the lawn side, that's pretty good. Uh, but it is going to be higher. And Dan is right. They're, they're way more scrappier in marketing on the lawn side than they are in pest. And, and rightfully so, right? Because it's not a demand driven, it's not a demand driven industry uh, like, like pest is. You know, in pest control, you buy a pickup truck and lawn care, you buy a tanker. <laughs> And uh, so, <laughs> Capital you know, and, this way. Yeah, yeah. and so, so, you know, just keeping, you know, you've got a lot of gas powered equipment that, that, that has to be uh, tended to. So that, that that's a, a bit of a trick. But other than that, we love lawn care and uh, we're doing a bunch of deals. And, and, and like I said, we've got uh, clients and friends who have done deals. I wanted to talk about, though, like, what is the end game for, you know, if I, if I sell my company to Rollins or Renekill, right, I'm going to be kind of woven in their fabric and and they're just, uh, you know, they're becoming these behemoths in pest control. But what is the end game in private equity? And there's two that I wanted to look at. One is uh, Neighborly, and that's owned by a, a, a massive PE firm, investment firm called KKR. And the other is called Authority Brands. And um, so I have up on my screen, although I don't know if I'm going to share it, just the Neighborly. Um, if you look at Neighborly's brands, right, they have uh, AirServe air conditioning, dryer vent wizard, five-star painting, glass doctor, mosquito Joe, Molly maids, lawn pride, who was a good friend of ours, junk King, you know, they house masters, uh, precision garage door, which we do a ton of work with uh, a lot of the precision garage door franchises, Mr. Electric handyman, go to the neighborly website. And these guys, this is a multi-billion dollar home services business that uh, there's a lot of franchises in it. And there's a lot of company owned stores, which are pretty cool. The other one which I think is 
definitely uh, a behemoth is this authority brands. And if you look at some of their brands, uh, it's cleaning authority, dry medic, restoration service, duty calls. Huh? What, what about duty calls? That That's kind of a <laughs> picking up dog crap. Uh, junk luggers, lawn squad, right? And uh, mosquito squad. And they also picked up uh, one of our good friends in Ohio um, uh, as a lawn care company, and they're franchising that out as well. And so these are the behemoths uh, of the industry, but you're probably, you could sell to them if, if they're interested, but more likely what's happening is you've got these smaller PE firms who are rolling up to get to a hundred million and then to move on to the bigger private equity. And I think that the, the end game is the big private equity and ultimately do they just hold on to them or, or do they go public? And, mm -hmm. and that's, you know, that's where that's going. Um, so, um, you know, but uh, pest control, lawn care, HVAC, plumbing, electrical, dog poop pickup services. You know, it's uh, it's it's it, it's you know pretty robust activity. But um... well, one thing that I think we should probably talk about is why this is different and why they're here to stay. Like, I don't see private equity popping out of home services at all. It, it is, it number one, it's consistent. Like, you know, when you think about waste management, you think about Sears when they came in, it was kind of a, it was kind of an in and out. It wasn't part of their core business. It's not what they were doing. What you're seeing here with private equity is it's across home services altogether, right? So it's not just pest control, right? It's pest, it's lawn, it's HVAC, it's plumbing. It's, and, and really, I think what they're seeing is, is, you know, the, the, the value of owning home services, right? It's highly fragmented, right? And do you want to talk about what that means real quick? Because it is it is absolutely one of the key reasons that that private equity is here to stay. And it's one of the key reasons that they're so interested. There's obviously the stable cash flow. There's a bunch of other stuff that we're going to get into. But this fragmentation, this is one of the reasons. I, I mean, if, if you know me, you know, I'm not, I didn't grow up in pest control. I'm not like my dad wasn't a pest control guy. I, I legitimately sat down and and grabbed a business book and looked at different industries and was like pest control is a great industry and yeah. fragmentation was one of the reasons that i chose it you know back in the day i don't know the newest numbers but back when i was doing this this is back in 2006 38 percent of the market was owned i still remember the stat to this day because it was the thing that made my mind up 38 percent was owned by terminix and orchid which means you know the other 62 was all mom and pop. And so, you know, when you think about fragmentation and the opportunity that's there, what that's telling you is, is that there's no, there's no major brand. Like you can, you can compete, right? Because now it's like, you know, there, now you're competing with local folks. You're not competing with some massive, massive, you know, company. So fragmentation, you want to define that? I know we're sure. already talking about it, Ben. Yeah, yeah. it's uh hundreds of thousands of smaller home companies, um, you know, uh, obviously in the pest industry, you've got a lot of one and two man operations, but you've got, you know, uh, there are thousands of pest control companies. And it's a little bit different than, let's say, like a high tech business that, um, you know, uh, if you, um, uh, you know, let's say you were doing routers or something. And so the barriers to entry are really high, right? The barriers to entry are very low to get into these businesses. It doesn't take a lot of capital. It takes an entrepreneurial mind. And uh, 
that's um, you know, but you know, if if I'm a buyer, I've I've got you know hundreds of thousands of companies to pick from, and it's so it's a it's a mom and pop industry, and it's funny because a while back, just in the pest industry, I was talking to a friend of mine who was. You know, he's he's an older guy. He's got a very successful pest control business. And he, he was worried that, oh, my gosh, we're going to just become this one company, just like in, you know, high tech, like Google or something. Never happen. Will never happen in pest because the barriers to entry are so low. And when the mergers and acquisitions happen, there's a lot of fallout where new people or younger people get in and, you know, start their business and, and, and blow it out. And it's just, it, it, it gets recycled. So um, that's the fragmentation. And I think that that's one of the things that makes it so attractive. You know, the other thing I think that makes it pretty attractive is, is the fact that it is all mom and pop, which creates a ton of opportunity, right? I mean, we all know, and I'm not, I'm not pointing at myself here and maybe I should, Right. We all know the business or the business owner that despite themselves still managed to make money and stay in business. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know what I mean? We, like it's we know like, lots of them. I, 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 one of your favorite sayings that I hear from you, Dan, which makes me just laugh is like, you know, only in America. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like the greatest in country in the it's greatest the country. country in the world. <laughs> yeah. But, but the reality of it is, is like, you know, Really what I'm getting to here is that private equity can look at a business and say, hmm, we can bring a lot of business knowledge and a lot of business discipline to this business and legitimately in one year have it five or 10% more profitable. You know what I mean? Like we can, we can have it turning dollars pretty quickly. And you know, these are kind of your scratch and dent companies and they're, and I mean, and they're ubiquitous, right? I mean, they're all over. I mean, the vast majority when you look at the number of pest and lawn companies out there, the vast majority of them are started by operators. They're not started by business people. And so what that means is, is that, you know, they have to learn how to run a business and some do and some don't. Uh, but the reality of it is, is that, you know, you're looking at, okay, so I got a highly fragmented market. I've got a business that all I have to do is go in and add some systems and, and add some discipline. And immediately I'm going to, I'm going to increase the margins and I'm going to be making money on the money I just spent. And so that's the other piece of it is like, Hey, you know, there's, there's some opportunity here that when I come in to have an immediate impact and, and start getting more money out of the business than what I'm even buying it for. If that makes sense. So. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one of the other things that you look for in a business that you want to uh, grow is obviously the growth itself. And there's a lot of organic growth. One of the things though, that I'm seeing and, you know, uh, doing a little research for this show, um, this episode, we, you know, uh, it, uh, a lot of people talk about this organic growth. I'm afraid that some of these PE firms have lost the organic growth and are just so aggressive in their, M&A activity, because I'm seeing a bunch of uh, M&A roll-ups whereby it's just about the roll-up. It's about the buying and the organic growth is is secondary. And by the way, organic growth is not something that you just kind of uh, step into. It, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of planning. I mean, you know that from the coal march days, oh, right? Yeah. It's, it, mm -hmm. it, you know, and so if I'm going to pay up for, you know, if I'm going to pay three, four X for a company, I've got to be able to grow that so that I can sell it at three, four, five X, right? 
Mm-hmm. Or otherwise, I'm not going to make any money on my investment. If I just keep paying three, four, five X, and then I sell it out for that same multiple, then I'm not making any money. I've got to grow it either by doing M&A at, at much lower valuations or organic growth. And orga- organic growth is you know a big slow. part or should be a big part of a, a strategy. You know? And it's slow unless you're doing door to door, right? I mean, it's yeah. just not fast. I mean, and it never will be. I mean, yeah. just, there's just not enough. Again, I'm talking pests now, but, mm-hmm. but you know, the reality of it is unless you're being indoors and that's not cheap either, right? No, I mean, that's not could, cheap at all. You can still, I mean, you can still make money. You can certainly make money on that. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, on a, on a sell, right? Cause you're going to pay probably one X for the account and you can sell it for three X. And so it's a definitely a good strategy. Well, you can pocket. sell it for three X, but not that same year, right? You've got right. to, that those uh, accounts have to become seasoned and have to stay with you. If you're putting them on for one X and you're losing it I'm at 30 or 40%, then, you know, that's a, that, that's a bit of a problem. Um, you won't get your three X. Uh, a lot of door companies are selling for lower multiples, but those who have been around the Foxes and some of the others that, that that we work with, yeah, they're getting higher valuations, but they're not companies that set up this year, sell, and then uh, you know do their selling season and then get out at the end of the season. That's not a three X door company. No, and well, the other part of that is is that it's it's extremely difficult to keep that cancel rate below thirty percent on the doors. It is not an easy task to do. So, all right, let's keep going. So we've talked a little bit about why private equity is attracted to pest and lawn and why I don't think they're going to go anywhere. And I think they are going to keep multiples up for a while. Um, Let's talk about what we're seeing in the marketplace right now, like in terms of, and I want to, I mean, we'll come back to a little bit more of, of, of like why this all makes sense, but you know, you talked about this. I've seen it. Why are folks selling their private equity? I mean, there's obviously the money part of it, which is probably what? number one. <laughs> well, <laughs> what for what reason about? do people do things in this world? Uh, you know, power and money. So uh, the, the the money is terrific, but it allows you to take a bunch of chips off the table. So let's say I'm uh, 70 years old and um, I just want to leave. Private equity may or may not be the right choice. You may, in a, as a pester, pest guy, you you probably would sell to one of the strategics and be done with it. Um, but you might sell to private equity because those valuations are getting, you know, pretty frothy. Uh, but the other thing is that you can take chips off the table, but then participate by what they call rolling equity, right? And uh, it's not a new concept. Anybody who's uh, Getting those letters and emails every every week knows that um, you know when they approach you, they say, "Hey, listen, why don't you take some chips off the table? We have this great program where you know we have owner founders who will um, become part of our big group, and that that's uh, known as uh, rolling equity. And for anybody who wants to consider that, um, you know." It's it's a terrific way to to profit and to exit, but there are some tax consequences, and it needs to be structured such that you don't get whacked on the taxes right away. So a lot of people uh, come to me and say, "Yeah, we're, we're doing this roll up, and um, I am going to uh, roll equity," um, but they tell me that it's it's not taxable. Well, that's wrong. It is taxable. It's just if you do it right, you can defer the taxes, right? So if I sell my company for a million dollars and I roll 200,000 of it, right? That 
whole million dollars, however the gain is calculated, whatever your basis is, is subject to tax. The fact that you roll 200,000 and you may be able to defer it until the the private equity firm exits. And uh, a lot of what you do to, to, to do this has to do with you know, some legal and tax wranglings. Um, the easiest way is you create a, a holding company and, and what you'll do is you'll um, contribute all your stock into that holding company. And then uh, the, the, the PE firm capitalizes it and then you take the money out. So you get taxed on the money that you take out, but the rollover piece is a contribution to capital. And that's why it's not... Um, currently taxed. So and just just for our listeners, the reason that you'd want to do that is that the more you can bring your income down over throughout the you're going to pay less tax on it. Right. right. You don't yeah. you, you you don't want to be one big piece up front because then it, you're going to be at the highest rate and it's what you're going to get nailed with. So just just things to think about. Well it's also kind of phantom income, right? So I sell a company for a million, but I put two hundred thousand in. If I'm taxed on a million Right. The proceeds on the eight hundred thousand don't look as good as if right. I am able to defer that tax. But make no mistake, it's a deferral. It's not a tax avoidance. Tax free. Yeah. Because a yeah. lot of people think that it is, because that's the way it's explained. Let's so. talk a little bit about the flip side of that too, which is not financial. If you are considering doing this and you want to stay with the business, which by the way, I think it's a great option, especially if you're younger. Right. If you're not really ready to get out yet, but you do want to like, I mean, I mean, in some cases, this that kind of money can completely change your lifestyle. Right. You could be a completely different, live a different, different life. But the other thing I would I would caution you on is to make sure that you spend a lot of time with who you're going to be working with, because that's going to be your life going forward. And and, you know, you may not like that. I well, mean, most most entrepreneurs are not good employees, right? I mean, that's yeah, just generally speaking, they're not. You know, you and I are unemployable, right? And so remember that. Now you're going to have a boss, and maybe it not might not feel like a boss if everything's going well. But believe me, yeah, when yeah. things go wrong, mm-hmm. you've got a boss, yeah. and that's uh, correct. And and if you look at some of the, you know, uh, pretty successful uh, deals that have gone down in our industry, um. Guys who have rolled equity, um, they usually don't last. Um, yeah. You know, are they, they? What I love is the guys who do it, and then all of a sudden they're the new M and A guy. <laughs> well, that is the funniest, and 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 it's so and it's funny so common, so common because because uh, you know these are guys who <laughs> were running around in crawl spaces, and now all of a sudden they're talking about EBITDA and everything else. And I kid you not, Donnie, this is a true story. So a friend of mine in the pest industry, and I hope you're listening, Mickey, um, we um, went out uh, with a friend of his, and this guy is a proctologist, right? You know what a proctologist oh does. Yes. And he has a company that he's got this cream for your butt, right? And he's asking me, because he's being approached by private equity, he's asking me about EBITDA and all this other stuff. This is a proctologist who's talking, you know, he's, who's become an expert in private equity. Um, I've got another doctor friend who his practice is being, um, you know, bought out by a, a large medical group. So it's, you know, it's not just the pest people, but oh my gosh, you know, everybody becomes a, a private equity specialist as soon as they they uh, sell out and, and roll their equity because part of their, a good piece of their um, 
you know, a, a, a you know, job is to go find other people to roll into this uh, roll up. So it's it's it is kind of comical. And if you're listening and you you want some butt cream, please contact Dan. He can yes, contact me. And uh, any hate mail goes to uh, me as well, as as we mention each uh, episode. So, but uh, yeah, so the the uh, how funny is that? So it is uh, funny. So so the reality here is is that okay? So private equity is here to stay. And the reason that they're here to stay is because kind of the way our industry is, just the unique parts of our industry, how 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 well it's fragmented, how it's recession resilient, not recession proof. You know, there's obviously stable cash flows. There's not these 10x multiples that you get in software. But the fact is, I mean, our our, our best quality is also our worst quality. And what I mean by that is that we are as stable as they come, right? But at the same time, that also means you can't, you're not going to 100x a company in one year, right? It's not going to happen. Not like you would with software. Um, so, so I mean, it's a great thing because we also are not going to get, you know, supplanted in three months either and be completely out of business from a large business. Right. So, so there's the stable cash flows. There's the fragmentation. There's the recession resilience. And then there's this whole idea that we talked about earlier, which is the scaling it, right? Me, be, being able to like take a business model and you know, long as you got the customers, you can plug these smaller companies into that business model. And at this point, now you got a real, now you got a real company, right? Now you're you're able to in multiple markets, you've got people following the same business process or the same business processes. And as a private equity, that's exactly what you're looking for, right? You're looking for stable, predictable income. So that when people invest in your firm, you can say, well, this is what we're going to get back, and here's the timeline, here's how it's all going to go down. Um, what else? Why else would they be interested um, in 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 home services? And I know the answer to that, but I'm, I'm tired of talking. So I'm going to let you talk for a little bit, there, Mr. Gordon. Well, if you can hear my landscaper outside blowing the uh, leaves around, but uh, oh, okay, good. So uh, a lot of times when, when you do a roll-up, especially the, the smaller PE firms, you're not going to do a national roll-up. You're going to do a regional roll-up. So location is extremely important. Company profile, you know, what's your reputation like in the uh, in the market that you serve? Uh, do you have good people in management? It's just like you know the whole pest control. You've got platforms which have great people management. You've got uh, bolt-ons where you've got accounts and you know people that you're bringing in assets, and then you've got uh, the tuckins which are just accounts, right? So people in management, reputation of the company. Uh, but, um, you know, what are the growth prospects, but really important is financial performance and it's no different, you know, in home services, it's all about growth EBITDA and recurring to non-recurring business. Those are the drivers in the home business. So we laugh about that, uh, poop business, right? That is a recurring business. I mean, it's, it's, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know if anybody, uh, they, they franchise it. I, I, Donnie, what? You know, in the standard operating procedures, how, how do you systematize a poop business? I can tell you, I can only imagine what has to happen in terms of labor and and maintaining <laughs> labor. Like I could yeah. just see that. Be, I don't know this, by the way. I'm just talking. I'm just, I mean, I think yeah. about, you know, what we, the challenges that we have in pest and lawn, which I, I mean, to me, I would much rather do either one of those jobs 10x over going out and, you know, pooping up the scoop and I mean, or, you know, scooping up the poop and, and, and then driving a truck around, it's advertising that 
and I'm not being critical of those folks. I mean, you know, and the reality of it is, is like, if I, if that's what I had to do to put food on the table and that was the only thing I could do, I would absolutely do it. But I've got to believe that their, their recruiting is off the charts and I'd love to learn from them. But, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to tell you that most of those companies are pretty small because, you know, um, it, it owner operator, it makes sense because you can make a lot of money from doing it, but it's probably very difficult to recruit. Although, you know, it's, you know, if you're in a cold weather state, lawn care, you know, you get a big layoff. Uh, I would imagine in that business, there's no layoffs. So, so anything that's recurring, anything that has good adjusted cash flow and anything that grows, those are, those are qualifications to making a good, uh, you know, home uh, services business that, 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 that buyers would be interested in. And, and that was going to be the last point here. I know we're getting close here on time, but we talked a little bit about what's going on in the marketplace, why it's good. At least I think it's good for valuation numbers if you're wanting to get out. We talked about why it's and you know why private equity is is interested in both of these industries. Let's talk a little bit about if I'm considering this option. A, let's let's two things. One, who's this a good option for? And then B, if not right now, what do I need to do and, and and by the way, this this B one it shouldn't be any different than the fundamentals. But what do I do to make sure that when I am ready, if my timeline's inside of five years, how do I get ready for that? So, do you want to talk through those two? I can talk through. Yeah, sure. So, so uh, the first one, uh, you know, uh, if I want to do this, uh, obviously you're getting the letters. Give us a call. We, uh, you know, we're working with a, a lot of private equity groups that are interested in in doing these types of uh, roll ups. And, um, you know, um, we look at deals all the time. So, you know, that's one way. The other way is, and and by the way, what Donnie said earlier, there's probably hundreds of these PE firms who are kicking tires. There are less than half of them who are serious, probably less than right. a quarter of them who are serious in committing real capital. So we know who the players are. But the second is, if you've got time, um, and this is not just if you're looking to sell, you should be looking to how, you know, what is this scorecard in your pest or lawn business? The scorecard is building valuation. Whether you want to sell it or not, that's how you tell whether you're winning. If my company's worth a million bucks this year and it's worth a million and a half next year, then I've won, right? My 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 scorecard is, is um, you know, uh, increasing. So I know that I'm winning in the game of business. And the way that you do that is by building recurring business uh, revenue, you're getting your ratio up to 75, 80% or better. Uh, it's growing, having a nice growth trajectory each year. Okay. And then that adjusted cash flow, or, you know, some people call it EBITDA, earnings before interest taxes, depreciation, amortization. But in a small business, there's a lot of other fluff that goes into it. So I just call it adjusted cash flow, right? So if you get those three things up, then you're going to have a, a terrific business and it's going to be highly desirable. And uh, by I, the way- I, Hang on, but before you go, I should have known you you would go down the financial track. So let me talk about the owner track here real quick. Okay. If you're considering doing this, some things to think about. Okay, so I am 48. The idea of me getting out now, I mean, it, it, I mean, again, and, and Dan and I have had this discussion and I'm not telling you to, you know, everyone's in a different spot in life. And I would say if you're going to make this decision, you really need to think through your life, right? You may be in a case, you may be in a place in your life where you're like, you know, I'm only going to go so far in my business. I would love 
to 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 be with a private equity group and be part of M and A and grow my business and be a part of this big organization. We and we achieve this massive company that might very well be appealing to you. And if so, then this may be a good option for you, right? It would be a great way for you to get, like I said, maybe life changing money and be a part of something bigger, right? Assuming that you can keep up, and like Dan said, you know, that you can actually make the magic happen because if if you're if if results start going south, there there's going to be issues, right? So there's that's a case where I would say it would work for you. If you're in a place where you're like, okay, I want to get out, like I'm done, like I'm legitimately done doing what I'm doing, that also may be a good option. I don't, you know, most private equity is going to want to retain some sort of management. So if you've got some sort of transition plan and you've got someone there that can run it, that can, that may be a good option for you. But there's other cases where that may not be a good option for you. You know, it's funny, Dan and I were talking about this topic yesterday. We were prepping for the podcast and I was like, you know, for me, if I got out now, the problem is, is that I don't have anything to do. <laughs> well, you could stay home and drive your wife crazy. Though. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, here, I'm like, you talk about a re recipe for disaster, right? I, I, I get rid of, you know, I like, I sell. And so I've got money and I've got time with nothing to do. That's not a good plan. So, so my point here is, is like, you know, what Dan was talking about is absolutely important. I would just add, you really need to think through your life as well and think through like, what is it that you want? Because I think if you like, hey, you know, I really want to be a part of something bigger and I want to I want to take some money now. I want to change my life. And this is the life that I want to live. Like, I don't want to run a smaller business anymore. This is the best option. I think I think it's a great option. Right. I think it's much better than a strategic. Right. Um, if if it's, hey, I'm ready to get out and I'm completely done, you know, a private equity may not value as well. And it may be, it may be that a strategic is absolutely the right call for you because they can just take it and go. They don't need, they don't need you per se. Um, but th these are all things that you need. I would say, start with your life first and then yeah. back into the financials. And, 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 and don't, you know, the, 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 you just brought something interesting up. Sometimes strategics will have the highest valuation, sometimes private equity. And the only way for you to know who's got the better deal is to put it out to market to see, mm -hmm. um, you know, or ask the questions. But but that's absolutely true. So there's not just a one size fits all. Correct. Correct. So let, let's we got to finish out here. So last piece of this, which is if my timeline's inside of five years, what do I do? What do I do? Well, you kind of got into this a little bit in the last part, but let's, you, like, what do I you do? You want to improve things. And, and you had rightly so uh, pointed out that I picked up on the financial aspects. But if the, the financial aspects are a result of operational and best practices, right? If you run your company using best practices, if you have a tight operations, the financial uh, uh, KPIs will take care of themselves. And those are the end results. So I don't mean to say that, you know, that that you're able to just fix the finances and not fix the company, right? You've got to make right. sure that your routes are full and that, you know, that 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 they uh, you know, uh, yield a certain amount of money. You've got to make sure that your labor percentage is in check, that your marketing dollars, that you know where they're going and that they're in check, and that materials, right? So the three the three levers that I like to look at in any pest and lawn company that will make or break you is labor. And I don't mean just technician labor, labor, sales, labor, office, labor, uh, materials and marketing. Marketing is a massive expense and you've got to make sure that you, you know, uh, that, 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 that you've got that, um, 
under control and, and some years you do and some years you don't i mean donnie you could speak to that but uh yeah it's uh you know well the, the other thing i was going to say and, and dan you you know who i'm getting ready to talk about but my my favorite example is is that if you do have a timeline inside of five years is number one is think about how big is that nest egg that you want like what what is that number and then just legitimately ask yourself can i get there and and i and i say that because there's a there's a person that you and I both know, Dan, that, that had this very, they were, I guess they were probably about four years out and, and they were very disciplined. They cut their own salary. They cut a lot of folks in the office. They got rid of all of their one-time revenue. Like they were super, super disciplined and for four years ran that program and was able to exit for a lot of money in the end, comparative to what their business was worth when they started. And so you know, I mean, again, a lot of money is all relative, right? But 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 point I'm making is is that compared to what they had to sell when they knew it was getting time for them to get out versus where they were at when they actually did get out, it was a great it was a great winning. You know, I mean, it was a it was a great winning story. Not everyone is willing to do that, and so I think that's why it's really important for you to think about like this is the number that I want, and then how do I get there? I'd, I'd go beyond the number that. I'd, I'd go on beyond the number that you want to the number that you need each year and what's the investment value. So if you need $50,000 a year to, to live your life, uh, you need a million bucks in the bank invested at 5%. And at the end of your life, you will leave a million dollars to your heirs. Now there's formulas to figure out, you know, if you want to cut into that million dollars, but, but yeah, that's, that, that's how I look at uh, exiting because you may be able to get a five or a 10 multiple, but it may not be enough. Right. If, right. As long as, you know, exactly. So, yeah. You know. That's exactly so, right. Well, uh, folks, you anyway. managed to do it again. You managed to spend at least 40 some minutes with Dan and I, despite our technical difficulties there. And then just reminder that all the resources and topics that we talked about today and on all of our previous shows are available on our podcast website, pnpindustryinsider.com. Just take a look under show notes for this episode. And as always, we appreciate any kind of positive comments and positive reviews that you can give us. And if you have negative ones or especially if you have complaints, we ask that you direct those to Dan. And with that, we're going to sign off. We'll see you all next time. Take care. Take care. See you. Bye right now.